1: back.
2: everybody to another episode of murph's boston sports talk i am your host murph james murphy and welcome to friday's edition hopefully you were able to make it through the week the weekend is now finally here and hopefully everyone can have a safe healthy and fun weekend that's coming up with that with the pleasantries being said i do have a few points that I want to get into for this segment of quick hits. quick hits. I'm not exactly sure when it happened. I think it happened on Tuesday or Wednesday, but it was, I found out about it on Thursday yesterday that a uh, a Bishop Fiend hockey player, uh, a student of Bishop Fiend for the hockey team, which is a local school in the Massachusetts area, uh his name's AJ Quetta, I believe. He was playing a game against Pope Francis Preparatory School, which is actually a school that I did my internship at back my senior year of uh, college, but Bishop Fiend and Pope Francis were playing the game, and I don't know exactly how it happened. However, uh, AJ ended up going headfirst into the boards where he uh, got seriously injured, and if anyone knows anything about hockey is that it is a very vicious sport, a very dangerous sport where... The smallest hit or the most awkwardest hit can really do some damage, let alone going into the board. And AJ went head first into the board. Now, I don't know if he dove into the board, if he was trying to hit someone and fell into the board, or if he got hit into the board. I'm not sure exactly on the details. I have seen no footage. I hope there's no footage of it out there. But he is in in a local hospital. I'm not sure which hospital he's in. But he, like I said, he has a spinal cord injury, which is uh, definitely no joke. And his parents obviously have to try to pay for these medical bills, which is probably astronomical. And given this time, you know, people may not have that kind of money laying around. And fortunately, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, he came across and found out about this. And he donated $25,000 to AJ and his family in efforts to kind of uh, at least comfort them in this, you know, critical time of need to uh, help with the financial side of things. And obviously no one knows how much the, the medical bill is, with, whether it's less than or more than $25,000. But $25,000, period, to go toward a medical bill that's involving a spinal cord injury, a one that's definitely life-threatening is a massive help and you know nothing but applause and respect to uh, Robert Kraft and the Kraft family for making a donation, let alone the amount of twenty five thousand dollars. Uh you know, Robert Kraft is, is known for doing stuff like this, you know, for local areas or, or whatnot. And this just shows how above and beyond the Kraft family really is in terms of being a citizen to society. So Additionally, I don't know uh, if the, Bruins, the Boston Bruins made any donation or not, but the Boston Bruins organization made a statement in regards to addressing AJ and his family, sending them um, your just best wishes and that the Bruins family is thinking about uh, AJ and his family during this crucial time of need. And then additionally, we saw footage of uh, Brad Marchand carrying AJ's Bishop Feean jersey to the locker room, and then the Bruins hung up his jersey behind their bench during their game against the Penguins last night, which is extremely, extremely touching, and that is just a beautiful sign of of togetherness, a beautiful sign of um, respect, and just looking out for you know your local community. So, all the the prayers and the blessings to AJ as he recovers, and to his family as they you know move forward with this unfortunate injury that aj has suffered you know i really hope that he can recover to 110 percent i hope that he is eventually back on the ice but more importantly i hope he's able to walk and make a healthy recovery where he has no lifelong effects from said spinal cord injury i don't know to the extent of his injury um but yes, you know there's nothing to joke about here, and as much as I like to have fun, you know I do want to take this moment to you know address a serious matter that was, you know, graciously um, addressed by Robert Kraft himself, and then also the uh, the Bruins there themselves. So, AJ, if you're listening, if you hear this, all the best to you, my wishes and my good luck sending to you, and hopefully you can make a speedy, healthy recovery where you're. Able to walk, but also able to live the rest of your life normally, healthily, and very fun. Um, so that is that. I do also want to address uh, where to go? Here it is. The Boston, another ball. Yeah, the Boston Celtics have been playing very good basketball as of late. I know a few episodes ago I made a remark of how they have this need and that need, and they need to address it if they want to take the next step. But I do want to kind of take a pause and look at a player that is on the team, in Jalen Brown. Now, I have mentioned before on this podcast that Jalen Brown has taken massive steps into becoming a star player. Coming out of college, the third overall pick, very defensively orientated, needed a lot of work to do on the offensive side of the ball, and over the course of his time in the NBA. He has gotten better and better and better, and not only his offense, but his defense as well, which was already good. But to know that his offense has taken the next step up in his game is a thing of beauty. Last year, he was a reliable scorer. He was a force to be reckoned with, especially in the playoffs. His three-point shooting was incredible. And to see him grow, you know, a homegrown player, that you drafted and that you progressed and that you matured blossom the way he has is a thing of beauty. It really is. But I do want to kind of take, I want to pivot here and kind of mentioned how that the NBA itself is a three point orientated league where everyone and their mothers are shooting from three. If you don't shoot from three, then should you even be on the roster? Like, you know, that's kind of the question and the direction the league is going into where If you're not dunking the ball, if you're not finishing with a layup, or if you're not shooting a three, then what are you doing? However, Jalen Brown is taking a different approach to the game, and it's for the better. He's starting to revolutionize himself and his game into an unorthodox one pretty much in 2021 standards where he's starting to shoot the mid-range jump shot, which is basically all but been forgotten. But he has kind of taken an endangered... Offensive asset for players, and he's making it a part of his game and making it a a, uh, a weapon in his game with his mid-range jump shot. And this is an article from 538's Yaron Witzman that he he wrote and he quoted that uh, this season Brown has been has weaponized this approach in reference to the mid-range jump shot. And he would also go on to say that, quote, not only is he taking nearly twice as many mid-range shots as he did last year, but according to NBA.com's tracking data, he has also drilled 56.8% of them, with the majority off the dribble. For context, Kevin Durant, one of the best mid-range off-the-dribble shooters of all time, has never shot better than 55.1% of these sorts of looks over the course of a full season. Now, as I read that, that's great. That's awesome. We're starting to get a little Jalen Brown to Kevin Durant comparison. Maybe, but whoa. Before, before, you know, I get, you know, harshed and burned by the comments or, you know, get, you know, deleted by, you know, people on Twitter or my DMs or whatever, I'm not comparing the two. No. I'm just saying it's good to see a form of comparison in terms of a a, – asset a skill set or a approach to their offensive game kevin durant an exceptional player he can do just about anything he wants on offense he can dribble he can dunk he can shoot he can he has a little shimmy in the post and he's got a beautiful off the dribble mid-range and it's good to see that jalen brown is recognizing how successful the mid-range was for kevin durant and he's also using it himself now and granted that a mid-range is not worth as much as a uh, three-pointer obviously with the mid-range only being two points however with the mid-range you're closer to the basket where you have a higher chance of you know getting the ball in the hoop which at the end of the day you know where 2021 we're starting to be very numerically data you know based right a lot of sports are starting to gear their you know approaches their game plans towards analytics and the analytics show me that Jalen Brown is making almost 57 percent of his off the dribble mid-range shots where Kevin Durant Kevin Durant made no more than 55.1 percent in the course of a full season now it's still early in the season yes but this is a very very promising sign for a young player who initially struggled with his offense when he first came into the league now I'm going to sit here I'm going to sit here on this podcast and tell you that Jalen Brown will be an all-star this year now some may think that's a a crazy take some people may think that's a realistic take some people may think well that's a stupid take because obviously right well wherever you stand on on the totem pole of my take that I just made I'm telling you now it's going to happen and if you think that's a hot take there's going to be more hot takes to come later on this podcast down the future down the road especially as we get closer to the Super Bowl however I think Jalen Brown got snubbed last year and I think he's playing out of his mind right now especially when Tatum missed some time He was playing very very well Now that they're back, the two of them are both healthy playing. I think they're both going to elevate their games even further. And opposing defenses are going to have to pick and choose their poison, whether it's Tatum or Brown. Tatum was an all-star last year. I have no doubt that he'll be uh, an all-star this year, but Jalen Brown will absolutely be an all-star this year. Book it. So that's going to wrap up. Oh, I just went on a nice little Celtics rant. That felt good. That felt really good. And, um, I do kind of want to address one more quick thing here in our segment of of quick uh, quick hits. Actually, I gotta find the screen. I took a screenshot so I wouldn't forget. So I know I've gone on and on and on and on about the Patriots quarterback situation, and I just want to address this one quick little thing, where a lot of rumors and a lot of reports and a lot of people want Matthew Stafford to come to New England. Myself, I'm kind of iffy on that. I don't want just Matthew Stafford. I don't want to give up a first-round pick for it. I want Matthew Stafford if it's for a good price, and if we bring in Allen Robinson. Now, with that being said, does Matthew Stafford want to come to New England? Maybe. Winning culture, um, got some you know promising pieces. Let's say got a solid defense when they're healthy. But there is a rumor. That Matthew Stafford has a preferred list of destinations that he would like to play for in the 2021 NFL season. And I'm going to, there's, he listed five teams, so I'm going to go five to one here. Number five, the Carolina Panthers. Could the Panthers move on from Teddy Two Gloves? Maybe. Number four, Chicago Bears. Could they move on from uh, Mitchell Trubisky? Possibly but he showed a lot of promise in life towards the end of the season, so they have a decision there to be made. But Matt Stafford in a, in a Bears uniform? Mm. Mm. Number three, New York Jets. I, I don't know why P- Stafford and Watson want to go to New York um, to play for the Jets. I, I will not understand that. If they want to go play for the Giants, I would understand that a lot more because at least they have a, a promising competitive team. But, my goodness, the Jets. Why do these good players want to go to the Jets? They'll baffle and bamboozle me until the end of time. Number two. Oh, and going back to the Jets, they would have to make a decision on Sam Darnold, whether to get rid of him in order for um, them to consider Matthew Stafford. Number two. The Indianapolis Colts. Phillip Rivers just retired. Jacoby Brissett's a free agent. So, their only active quarterback is Jacob Eason. Would Matthew Stafford another year or two of. uh, with Stafford, you know, to kind of groom Eason a little bit, make some sense. Sure. Um, I like Eason. I think he'll be a promising quarterback. I think he should get some, some play. I don't think he should sit, but that's a decision for the Indianapolis Colts to decide, not for me to. And then number one on, rumored now, rumored, Matthew Stafford's preferred destinations for the 2021 NFL season is... The San Francisco 49ers. And that's considering that they move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. They have a decision to make with him. Now, where would they be better off with Garoppolo? Would they be better off with Stafford? Uh, I don't know. We can you know compare apples and oranges if we want. They're both you know pretty good quarterbacks. Stafford's obviously more of a thrower. He can go out in there and win you games. He could also kind of lose you games with some fourth quarter turnovers. With Garoppolo, he's not going to win nor lose you games. He's more of a game manager. Um, But I don't see the New England Patriots on here. I don't. And that's kind of interesting because you would think that the Patriots need a quarterback unless they plan on rolling with Jared Stidham. But that shouldn't affect Matthew Stafford's decision to come here because if he comes here, he's going to be the starter and he's going to play. But the Panthers bears the Jets. Colts and the 49ers are all above you on Matthew Stafford's rumored preferred destinations for the 2021 NFL season. Huh. A winning culture. A great coach. Six rings. Huh. I don't get it. Well, let me tell you because I actually do get it. That the reason why people came to New England was to play with Tom Brady. Tom Brady was the reason why the Patriots were in contention every year, winning the AFC East every year, basically in the Super Bowl every year. If not, they got to at least the AFC Championship game every, every year. Now, Rex Ryan earlier this week was on, I think it was ESPN. I don't know what channel he's on. I think it's ESPN. And he actually said that people went to New England to play for Tom Brady and not to play for Bill Belichick. And that's saying something. I mean, Rex Ryan, granted, he wasn't the greatest of coaches, but I think he's a pretty darn good analysis, um, if I say so myself. I mean, he knows the game. He's been around the game for a while now. And I think he gives unbiased takes. I really do. And I think his take about people wanting to go to New, uh, New England to play for Brady and not Belichick is 100% true. And we weren't able to get in any key free agents. You know, you could argue that the Patriots didn't really try to. But now that the Patriots are in position with money and they have the opportunity to bring in a Matthew Stafford, maybe an Allen Robinson, um, maybe a Hunter Henry, who knows how the dominoes are going to fall. But to know that you're not on... Matthew Stafford's top five list is disgusting. It really is. Now, granted, it's a rumored list. It could be false. It could be jumbled up. You might be number one. Who knows? But if this list is true, that's a bad look. Meanwhile, in Tampa Bay, out of all places, the most losingest franchise, I think in sports, if not at least the NFL, they were able to bring in Tom Brady which then led them to Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, and Antonio Brown. And look where they are in the Super Bowl. Going to play for Super Bowl 55 in their home stadium with a chance to upset probably the league's best team, if not a top-two team. Boy, have the mighty have fallen. The mighty have fallen. And it's so sad. It really is. It's so sad because all you had to do was just move some money around, maybe make some moves, and pay the guy. And you could have been in Super Bowl 55 or at least the playoffs. I won't go that far to say the Super Bowl, but at least the playoffs. Because there was a handful of games against the Texans, the Broncos, um, that second Dolphins game. That easily should have been won. You could even argue the game against Kansas City week four, if Brady was playing, they could have won because the Chiefs didn't look that good either that game. So that's four wins right there. And if you want to um, count out that Chiefs game, well, at least you got three more, which is now 10 wins. And that would have put you in the playoffs. The mighty have fallen. The weak have risen. And it's all because you didn't want a 43-year-old quarterback, or at least you didn't want to pay a 43-year-old quarterback Who is still at the top of his game, based off of this year's stats and his performance this year? Oh, by the way, he's going to his tenth Super Bowl, and you're sitting at home twiddling your thumbs, waiting for draft day. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Let me cool down for a second. Let me cool. Let me turn my heater off because I am very hot now. So yeah, if there was a noise in the background, I do apologize. That was my heater. Um, It's very cold here in my studio, and after those, after that long segment of quick Quick hits, that was like long hits. I do apologize. That was a couple rants that I went on, but they needed to be addressed and they need to been spoken. And I'm glad I'm the one doing it because I'm giving it to you straight, unbiased, and at face value. I'm not gonna, you know, dance around the truth. I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I'm going to tell it to you how I see it, how it should be said, and that's how we deserve to hear it, right? So let me get a sip of water. All right, let's go into the topic box. I still haven't come up with a little, I don't wanna say a jingle, but at least like a little catchphrase for the topic box. And I'm still working on it. I haven't come up with anything concrete that I like yet. And when I do, it's gonna be pretty good, so. All right. Here we go. James Harden trade to Brooklyn. So, I think – didn't I already address this or already talk about it? Oh, I think I talked about it on Quick Hits. Well, I guess I'll talk about it now. And ever since James Harden went to Brooklyn, him and Kevin Durant have been playing very well, and then Kyrie has come back. And they've been playing playing pretty good, I will not lie. And, but however, I'm hearing rumors. See, now I'm cold without the heater on. Now I'm cold. Okay, I just turned it back on. So if you hear it in the background, I do apologize, but I don't think you should be able to. But with Harden now in Brooklyn, I'm hearing a lot of trade rumors revolving around Kyrie now. And what does that tell you about Kyrie? What does that tell you about um, the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, I've heard rumors that Kyrie could go to the Suns, the Timberwolves, the the Knicks, even. And <clears throat> what does that tell you about Kyrie? He's gone. He shot his way out of Cleveland, come to the Celtics. You know, I think he did pretty well his first year. I think everything was kind of clicking. Then he got injured. Then he comes back the second year. And things just blow up in our face, and they blow up in his face, and he shoots himself out of Boston. Then he finds himself in Brooklyn. Goes there with Kevin Durant. Then, you know, Kevin Durant was obviously injured with his Achilles injury. So it was just a Kyrie show. Oh, but then Kyrie gets injured. He's only able to play like 20-something games. And then the team makes the playoff yet again without him. And they made it the year before when they didn't have him. Then they make it again when they do have him, but he's injured. And let me tell you, that Brooklyn Nets team last year was very good without Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Now, they had a lot of good, young, talented pieces that I really think could have made a lot of noise this year. And we'll never know that because they traded uh, a chunk of them away in this James Harden trade. Now, trading a bunch of quote unquote young role players for a star, you know, can have its payoffs when you're getting an offensive talent like James Harden. But when you're getting a defensive talent, and James Harden you're going to have a lot of um setbacks with your team especially when you're trading away three key defensive players or at least three key role players I won't go as far as defensive though they're good at defense Karis LeVert um Allen and what was the third guy what was the third guy they tra- oh Torian Prince that's right so Torian Prince Jared Allen and Karis LeVert see ya in I I don't know a gazillion first round picks right to for james harden now on the surface that sound may sound like a good a good deal where you need at least two to three stars to win in in the nba right so you got james harden kyrie and kevin durant well kyrie was awol doing his own family business celebrating his sister's birthday whatever and then he comes back and now the team is still trust me the team is very good still don't get me wrong but you know it's just you can't win with just sure star power alone look at all the teams that have won in recent history you can look back at the lakers last year their second unit was incredible absolutely insane how good it was i mean granted they lebron and ad were on the first string but that second unit was damn good too and they could keep up with a lot of teams first rotations that's saying something then you look at the warriors little dynasty that they had you know, especially that first championship. Oh, my God. Their second unit was phenomenal, too. And granted, it took a you know couple steps back when they brought in KD because they had to move the money and they had to give it to him. But that even their second unit with KD, you know, was still very, very good. Then you look back at those Miami Heat teams, you know, with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. But those second units were good as well. And it's just all about, you know, obviously I'll have to be a little biased here, right? The Celtics in 2008. You know, when they had Allen, KG, and Pierce, their second unit could keep up with most teams' first units, and their second unit would either help dig themselves out of leads, out of uh, deficits, they'll either maintain leads, grow leads, or just keep the game still while the starters rested. That's the point of the second unit, is to do one of those three things. Keep the lead, grow the lead, or shrink the deficit, right? While your starters sit and get their rest because they're obviously going to be playing like 35 40 or so minutes but now the brooklyn nets just completely blew up their roster and shredded their second unit and i think that's going to affect them long term because kd and james harden are both in their early 30s kyrie is right behind them i think he's like 27 or 28 now but kyrie is such a inconsistent player and not not talent or skill wise but just I mean look at him he went AWOL for like two weeks for um personal reasons now if you or I did that with our work let's go say we're talking to our boss and say hey boss I'm just gonna take two weeks off see ya you'd be questioned right you'd be like what you gotta put the time in you might even get fired now with Kyrie he just straight up didn't tell the team he just we just dipped now picture that you you or I telling our bosses that like, hey, not even saying that they're just going to dip, right, for two weeks. You'd be fired because they'd be texting and calling and reaching out to you and be like, hey, where TF are you at? And if you don't answer, well, you're getting the boot probably the next day. So that just shows how much star privilege that the NBA has and Kyrie kind of has as well. And now to hear that there's trade rumors revolving around Kyrie, that's based off of this James Harden trade is just so laughable because he went there Kyrie went to Brooklyn with KD thinking that they're about to form the best next team in the east they're gonna take on LeBron and the Lakers but now the homie's on his way out and he's he doesn't even want out it's so it's so funny how full circle this is starting to become Kyrie shoots himself out of Cleveland shoots himself out of Boston And now he's getting shot out of Brooklyn. And I hope these rumors come true. Now, I think these rumored teams don't need Kyrie. I think the Knicks are a very good young team. As much as I bash and hate on the Knicks, I still think they're a good young team that in the future, if they keep their young pieces and they um, they can bring in some veterans along with those key young pieces, I think they can make some noise in a short amount of time. I don't think the Suns need him. They got um, Chris Paul. They got D-Book. They're doing good. The Timberwolves with uh, D-Lo and Cat. I mean, there's just no need to bring Kyrie into that mix. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what, what are you going to do? I mean, you got to try to get something for Kyrie, right? And especially when you're doing really, really good uh, when he doesn't play and it's just uh, Katie and Harden and you have some wiggle room to trade away um, a, a good, a, a very good uh, piece for anyone's team and to get assets back. I mean, you gave up four first-round picks, four first-round unprotected swaps. Um, meanwhile, your picks are unprotected, and you gave up key assets from your, your team. I think the Nets would be foolish not to consider or make a push to trade Kyrie Irving. Now I'm not going to say they're going to get the haul back that they got uh, that they had to give up for James Harden but at least get something back to help better your team for this year because I think obviously when they signed Kyrie and KD to begin with they're in win now mode. And I even think they were in win now mode last year when they didn't have them and it was just the young guys playing. So it's just so funny how, you know, one trade one I guess massive trade is shaking up a whole team much more than you would have thought and it's starting to shake up the league much more than we thought I mean granted it was a, a massive trade it was a four-team trade the Nets Rockets and Cavs. so just three teams sorry three-team trade has shaken up the league and is going to continue to shake up the league I just think is hilarious especially when Kyrie's not even trying to shoot himself out of Brooklyn like he did with Cleveland and Boston So I guess it is a huge slap in the face saying, ha ha, you should have came to work. Right. Instead of just going to your sister's birthday party, not wearing a mask, by the way, breaking social distancing rules, all that good stuff that the NBA is cracking down on. So. (sighs) Topic box, topic box, topic box, topic, topic box. Here we go. All right. okay um, I know I kind of touched upon this previously um, in the small Celtics segment so back to the Celtics sticking with basketball uh, Jason Tatum's contract extension is a obviously massive one he got the full max Jason Tatum is got he signed a five-year 195 million dollar contract extension with the Celtics. And this was the end of last year or towards the end of 2020. And obviously I was in favor of it. I'm supportive of it. I think he deserves the full max and he got the full max. I mean, he's a young, homegrown, talented player who has the potential to be a top 10 player. I would even argue the potential, potential to be a top five player if he keeps up with this track record, if he keeps balling out like the way he did, if he keeps You know, Making these tough, difficult shots and taking over games, I think he absolutely has the potential to be a top 10, top 5 player in the NBA. Will he? Well, that's up to him. Only he can make that happen, right? And the Celtics signing him for 5 extra years, this current season does not count because this is the last year of his rookie deal. So he's going to be making relatively dirt money again this year, which is just part of the NBA, right? And his contract will take into effect next year. Now, 39 million dollars a year, obviously with cap fluctuation and such, that could dip to be like 38 or 40, 41, just kind of depending on the terms and of whatnot. But he'll either way get 195 million dollars by the end of the fifth year of that contract. And I think this is a smart move by the Celtics, because I mean, you can't afford to lose young homegrown talent like that in free agency come the end of this year you, you locked up uh jalen brown for five years uh 125 million dollars i think it was don't quote me on that but that's the type of moves you need to make and to get jalen brown for that number the way he's playing now and the way he's projecting is a steal and a smart move by danny ainge the the gm of the celtics and to lock up tatum like this i mean it's what you have to do if you want to win and the celtics have been in win now mode probably since the 2015 i'd say they're still rebuilding i mean they were 2016 season i would say 2017 probably that whole isaiah isaiah thomas takeover so i'll I'll say 2017 they've been in win now mode and i mentioned before on this podcast how they're two pieces away and they've been two pieces away and that's a snipe uh sharp Sniper, sharpshooter from three, and a big offensive big man. So the Celtics locking up Tatum was obviously a gimme. It's what you needed to do. And now you got Kemba, you got Brown, and you got Tatum all locked up for numerous years. Brown's contract, the one he signed last year, takes into effect this year. So this is the first year of his brand new contract. But when Tatum's contract goes into effect next year, the Celtics might have to move some money around, and that might mean Kemba Walker getting traded. Uh, This is obviously a topic and a conversation for another day. However, it's definitely something to, to think about and something to consider as we get closer and closer to next season. Obviously, we don't want to jump the gun. We want to make sure we focus on this year, of course. But these are going to be conversations we're going to have to have and with Tatum getting thirty-nine million and then Brown getting another twenty-five million or so, that's sixty-four million dollars right there. And then you throw on Campbell Walker's contract, which is thirty plus, and then Smarts is like eighteen million. Now you're, your caps all filled up with those five players. So something's gonna have to be done in order for you to, you know, extend other players or sign other players or trade for other players. And I think Kemba Walker, if he continues to decline with that knee injury, uh, granted he's now in his uh, uh, lower thirties as well, and the way that he kind of performed last year with the knee injury that was always nagging, I don't know. T- uh, Kemba Walker could be on his way out. I don't think it'll be this year. I think it'll be in the off season, of course. But that's gonna, like I said, that's gonna be a conversation for another day. That all surrounds um, due to Tatum's extension. Um, I just got, so before I do wrap this up, um, I did get a text from, um, my good friend Andrew, who was on the podcast. Uh, was it on Monday? Did it air on? Yeah. It aired on Monday after the NFC, AFC game championship games. And he kind of said that, um, talk about the Deshaun Watson demanding a trade. And then Evan, who's also a good friend of mine who was on that same episode, said name the patriots trade package so before i wrap things up i guess i'll kind of um maneuver here deshaun watson to the patriots i don't think it's realistic it's a possibility it's potential i don't think it'll happen the dude wants to go to the jets for some damn reason i don't know why but let's just say billy b walks uh calls up the houston texans Nick casario good friends of theirs. Good friends, right? And says, I want Watson. Okay, Casario will respond with, what's your offer? What's Belichick going to say? Well, it's so hard to say because Watson is a top five quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback who's locked up for the next five years where his contract starts this, uh, this year, the beginning of next year, I guess you could say. So what's the price tag for that? Now, quarterback's the most posi- uh, important position on the field and in all of sports. So it's going to come with a hefty, hefty, hefty price tag. Now, take into consideration, uh, when the Rams traded for Jalen Ramsey, they gave up their first-round pick this year and their first-round pick next year. Oh, I'm sorry. That was, they traded for him last year, so they gave them their first-round pick that year and their first-round pick this year. When the Seahawks traded for Jamal Adams from the Jets the beginning of this year, they traded their first-round pick this year and their first-round pick next year. A couple years ago, the Texans traded for Laramie Tunzel, giving up their first-round pick that year and their first-round pick this year. So you're looking at what other important positions on the field, um, cornerback, uh, top-flight cornerback, probably the best cornerback is the best cornerback in the league getting two first round picks and some uh, the best safety in the league getting two first round picks and some granted they're both young and in their prime and then a uh, your franchise's blind side the left tackle Laramie Tunzel getting a first round two first round picks excuse me and some so the Texans do need first round picks clearly because they traded away um, theirs for Tunzel so you're at least at minimum giving up your first round pick this year and your first round pick next year that doesn't get the deal done you're gonna probably have to do a third round pick this year fourth round pick next year and i gotta write this down hold on let me write this down because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna lose track all right so 2021 first round pick which is actually 15th overall you're gonna to have to do a 2022 first round, which we obviously don't know the overall. Uh, you'll have to do a 2021 third round, which is uh, I have no idea what the number that is. Um, 32, 64, 96 plus 15 is that 107? 1 117? Call it 117, and obviously you have to do a 2022 20, fourth-round pick, which we don't know the overall quarterback, Jared Stidham, because they're going to need someone back there, and you obviously don't need him. And if you can kind of move him, then might as well, right? Let the Texans figure him out. You still need more pieces. You still need more. You'll probably have to do a 2024 first-round pick. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's a good package right there. Um, I, I would the Texans take this? Probably not. But I mean, three first-round picks, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a quarterback. I mean, I don't know who their backup quarterback is off the top of my head. But having at least a quarterback at least rostered someone young and then you may be able to do something with as the Texans wouldn't be the most terrible idea in getting a return, uh, in part of your return, especially if you kind of want to either reset the position or you know maybe like Stidham, go with him, sign somebody, who knows. But you're looking at three first-round picks, your 15th overall first-round pick this year, your 2022 first-round pick, your 2024 first round pick, your 2021 third round pick, which I believe if my math is correct, is 117 overall, and then your 2024 fourth round pick. Now, you could argue that maybe instead of that fourth round is a second round, or instead of the third round is a second round, or two thirds or two seconds, whatever, whatever the number is, you're going to have to give up two at least two other picks that are not in the first round, along with your three first round picks. I mean, this is a top-five quarterback right now whose contract for the next five years in the prime of his career who is going to be your quarterback for hopefully the next 10 to 12 years. I think this is the minimum that you'd have to give up for uh, Jared Stidham. Oh, my God. Uh, Deshaun Watson. So will it happen? Probably not. Would I like it to happen? Absolutely. Will Bill Belichick even consider this? Knowing him, probably not. Should he? Absolutely. So let me know what you think about anything and everything that I talked about. If you're listening on YouTube, I would love it if you could comment down below your thoughts, comments, concerns, questions, whatever. Um, Definitely like the video if, if you may. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever, reach out to me, reach out to me at Murphs_Boston_St underscore Boston ST on Twitter and Instagram, DM me, tweet at me, whatever. Let me know your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, takes. Maybe I had a hot take. Maybe my takes were cold. Who knows that Jalen Brown all-star take I think was kind of steamy, but I think it's completely realistic if you look at, you know, his track record and kind of the direction that he's taken his career and maybe he the way the NBA is going to be shaping soon. Um, this Deshaun Watson trade proposal that I have, I think's a hot take. I mean, is this underpaying? Is this overpaying? Is this just right? I don't know. That's just my guess. But let me know with a with a tweet or a DM or whatever at Murphs underscore Boston St. The St. stands for Sports Talk. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram with that handle. And I appreciate everybody for listening. As always, I appreciate everybody for downloading. I just surpassed 200 total downloads and i am soaring to 300 so if you may please and haven't already definitely download and i appreciate everyone for with every download and listening and if you can't listen a download um, even if you can only download that means the world to me so i hope everyone had a awesome week hopefully my podcast helped you get through that week and i hope your weekend is like i said at the top of the pod healthy, safe and fun. Until then, I'm going to catch you guys on Monday with an incredible, credible episode. Maybe have a guest next week. I don't I don't know when, still working out the details with them. I just hit the mic, I'm sorry. But it's going to be a good one, whether it's on Mondays, Wednesdays or Fridays episode, but the guest is going to be a good one and uh, and you'll know why. But like I said, have a have a healthy, safe Fun weekend, and I'm going to catch you guys on Monday. But until then, see ya!